Welcome to the Sales Made Simple podcast. It's for women just like you who want to make more money and grow a business that allows you to create an awesome life for you and your family. Money won't buy happiness, but it sure does help. I've spent 15 years working in sales and I've seen the good, the bad and the ugly. So each week I'll break down all the strategies that you need so that you can attract your ideal client with ease, be booked out with paying clients and make consistent sales each month without a hint of sleaze, desperation or being the slightest bit pushy. Sales really is simple when you know how and I promise you, if you implement what I teach each week, you'll end up loving sales. So let's dive straight in, let's overcome your fears and let's learn just how simple selling really is. Hello everybody, it's Helen Walker here and welcome to another episode of Sales Made Simple. How the devil are you? How has your week been? Today, I'm going to get a bit vulnerable. I am going to, um, I mean, I do wear my heart on my sleeve, but today even more. I'm going to talk about my first launch, my first failed launch, my big flop of a launch, right? Because I want as many women as I can to just like, it's normal for things to go wrong. And I want people just to like appreciate that when things go wrong in their business, it's not because you're crap. It's not because you're rubbish or you should give up or that you need more qualifications or anything like that. Like it just, it's just business. It's just how things go, particularly when you're starting out. Like, you know, I think we think we should be experts and everything when we start up. Um, and that's not the reality. So I just want to pull back the curtains a little bit and, um, share some of my learnings and, um, make it a bit more lighthearted, but just kind of normalize mistakes and things going wrong. And just to get our heads around the fact that it's not the end of the world. Like I've had, let's be honest, I've had a couple of failed launches. Like this year is my 10th year in business. And um, I've probably had more things go wrong than go right in that 10 years. But that's normal. That's, That's perfectly normal. It's not because I'm rubbish or my program's rubbish or, you know, I'm a terrible human being. It's just, it's just a right passage. It's, it's what happens in business. So, um, I've made some notes because I was thinking about all the things I've done. I was like, I'm never going to remember this. You can see, oh, did you know that this podcast is also available on YouTube? So if you watch it on YouTube, you can see me waving about me, uh, my notes. Obviously, if you're listening on podcast, then you can't, but if you're somebody who likes YouTube, then, um, yeah, I've got a YouTube channel and all these are on there now. So my first workshop. Okay. So my first business, I, I have been on a journey to get to where I am now. And, um, a lot of it has been like mindset related because this is what I've always wanted to do. But for some reason, I had this subconscious belief that what do you know about sales? I'd worked in sales for 15 bloody years, but of course my mind was going, well, yeah, but what do you know about sales? And you can't teach anybody about sales. So when I, um, when I first set up my business, it was a recruitment business because that's what I'd done in the corporate world. I didn't want to do recruitment. I just wanted my own business, but I had so many hangups about, um, what I was capable of and all that jazz. So I did recruitment. Then I was like, well, I, I didn't want to do recruitment. It's still got the same things. It still doesn't set me on fire. So then I moved to career coaching because that was the obvious next step. Um, and then I I realized actually through my own kind of hangups, I had to do a lot of work on my mindset. And I realized all this stuff I was learning 
The reason that people weren't getting jobs wasn't because they couldn't write CVs, because they didn't believe in themselves and they didn't have the confidence to go into an interview as like, I'm the expert, like you need me, you know, that kind of approach. So I started to teach more of the mindset stuff and the confidence stuff. And I always knew that I had this passion for helping female business owners um, because I was one and it was the things I'd struggled with. And I could just, I'd got so many like injustices from being in the corporate world of mostly men telling me that I couldn't do something or I couldn't have a pay rise or I had to work ridiculous hours. And it just, it just set a fire in me that I was like, right, okay, well, bugger you then. If you, if I, if I can't make it in this man's world, this corporate bullshit man's world, um, I'll go and create my own world and I'll start my own business. And, um, I've loved it and I've flourished and it's, it's really made me who I am and, you know, my own income and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's kind of my fuel for helping other women. I've totally digressed by the way of, of what I was going to say. Um, my, all of that was to explain that my first, my, uh, my first workshop was about mindset. Very long-winded way of explaining that, but hey-ho. Um, so it was about mindset. And this is something that I am still so passionate about mindset and confidence and self-belief and that voice in our head and how we silence that voice and how we manage doubt and fear. I am just like, I'm a geek with this stuff. I am fascinated by this stuff because it rules everything. It rules how happy we are, how fulfilled we feel, the um the opportunities we grab in life, um, how we hold ourselves back, how we are in relationships, how much money we make, it impacts everything, which is why I do the sales coaching and the mindset coaching, because it goes together. I'm going off on another tangent now, but I'm passionate about this stuff. Um, so I'd create this workbook and oh my God, it was about 50 pages long. Talk about overkill. So I was really, I was really fired up for this. I was like, this is brilliant stuff. And still to this day, when I look back at the workbook, I've still got it. Um, there is some bloody amazing stuff in, in this, this book. But when I went to promote it, I still had some hangups that I'd not worked through about being visible. And a lot of these hangups came from, um, came from when I was young, you know, well-meaning, loving parents, caregivers, teachers, etc. You know, it kind of the messages that I've, I'd heard was, you know, you kind of just sit and sit down and you be quiet and you don't make a noise, you don't cause a fuss, and you're grateful for what you get, and you know, all these messages that made me not want to show up. I didn't, I didn't think that was as good as everybody else, and you know, I had this real block around um, this massive imposter syndrome. Um, I've spoken about this loads, but when I was at school, my dad's basically a maths wizard. I'm not. Um, he used to get frustrated because I couldn't add up, you know, I mean, I'm seven at this age. Um, so, you know, as a loving dad, just said to my teacher at parents evening, can you give Helen some extra maths homework and I'll help her with it at home as a parent would do. But the teacher, again, didn't, she didn't mean it, but she, um, she, it probably just ended ahead that I needed to take this book home. So in front of the class, she held this book up. Helen Walker, you need to take this math book home because you need to do math homework. So of course, seven years old, all the kids are turning around. Like, why is Helen Walker getting a math homebook, uh, math workbook? We're not getting a book. So some kids inevitably laughed. You know, Thomas Driffield, remember him as clear as day because he made me feel like 
shit. It laughed in my face of like, oh, thicko, you know. So all I remember is feeling so embarrassed and the kids were laughing at me. There's only me getting singled out for this textbook. So of course, seven years old, I now internalize this as I'm stupid. I'm thick. Everybody's looking at me. Please don't because I feel embarrassed. Uh, so I go under the radar. You know, I don't, I don't put myself out there. I don't, I don't put myself forward for school assemblies because I'm embarrassed. All, you know, all this stuff's kind of influenced, you know, how I am. And then other stuff as well, which has compounded that message. So when it came to launching, I still got this old hang up of, oh, God, you're a bit stupid and um, no one's going to listen to you. And what do you know? And don't be visible because people will just laugh at you. You know, remember Thomas Driffield, how you felt then. Don't do it. So I I didn't promote it. I didn't promote the program. The program was bloody brilliant, but I didn't promote it. I sent a few emails. At that time, I don't think I was even doing live videos because I was too scared to do them. I might have done one or two, but God, they would have been awful, as they all are when we first start out. Um, so I didn't promote it. I just didn't, you know, I just didn't get the message out there. So I had three people sign up, which actually looking back, three people for me first thing, um, was was amazing. Actually, I'm lying. Actually, I'm lying. The very first time I did it, nobody nobody showed up, right? Now, somehow I had the courage to do it again and three people showed up. My first one, nobody showed up, right? My second one, three people showed up. So I'm like, oh my God. And bearing in mind at this time, I think I was charging like £55 for a full day of training. My God. So, you know, I was earning no money all day. I was on less than minimum wage and I was giving them... dinner. I've done a lovely lunch because they were coming to my house to do it. Tea and coffee, biscuits. I mean, I didn't make any money at all. But I was like, well, give me the confidence to do more. And um, I even invited one of my friends to come. I pretty much pleaded with her to come to make up the numbers because I'm like, at least there's four. Nobody has to sit on one side of the table on their own. At least it's even. Um, You know, that'll make me feel a bit better. But in my eyes, it was a complete flop because, you know, I'd, I'd, in my eyes, I'd done all this work. Looking back, I hadn't. I, haven't, I didn't even begin to, to promote it. I hadn't even started to promote it. I'd spoken about it a couple of times. I was lucky to get three people on it. Um, and two of them is because I knew them really well. Like I could have a, a good conversation with them about it. But nobody knew Bob because, of course, they didn't. They didn't know me. They didn't know who I was. I didn't, I didn't know how to talk about I didn't know how to talk about my program. I didn't know how to talk about my offers in a way that inspired people to buy. I didn't, I didn't know I'd need to do all this groundwork. You know, I didn't know what a launch was. I thought a launch was you just showed up a couple of days and spoke about it and then sold it. Now, what I've realized is a launch is way bigger than that. So right now I'm in the middle of a launch. Now, this is the fourth time, maybe fifth time I've launched in 10 years. Now, I'm not a launch specialist. I'm not professing to be a launch specialist. Um, can I help people who are just getting started do a, the first launch? Yes. Can I help you do an epic million pound launch? No, I can't because I'm still learning myself. And we're allowed to do that. We're allowed to learn. We're allowed to teach as we learn. So the people who are just starting out, who don't have got no idea how to do a launch, I can help those people. Like the people who are ahead of me, the course can't help them. But this is about 
you know, believing that you're an expert, we're believe we're helping the people who are two or three steps behind us. Like we're allowed to do that. We're allowed to learn on the job because the people behind us don't know anything. We know more than those people. The information that we've got is really valuable to those people. And we can't forget that. And one of the mistakes I did make with my first, um, well, it wasn't really a course. It was more like a workshop. It was a workshop, a day, a day workshop. The biggest mistake that I made was I just overloaded them with information. Like I'm giving them a 50-page workbook with God knows how many worksheets in there. So I'm trying to teach them this stuff. Um, and I'm trying to get them to implement it. Yeah, I think we started at like half nine. Some people come, don't they have a cup of tea? You don't get going till 10. And we finished, I was due to finish at four. Well, I ended up finishing at half five because I, I just physically couldn't get through all the material. Now, of course, people have got like trains to catch and, you know, kids to collect and, and meals to prep and stuff. So there I am, you know, they're probably going, oh God, I really need to go. And I thought I was going to leave at four. And, you know, there I am trying to rush through all this material. And what happened was, um, I started skipping sections of it. because so I was like, right, I just got to like, quickly mentally assess which bits are more important. So I got back, actually, module two, let's just skip over. Now, of course, this creates like a bit of a frenzy in them because they're like, hang on a minute, we've paid for this course, even though they've paid like 50 odd quid. In our heads, we're still paid for it. And we're like, well, what are we missing? You, you've, you've said it's important, but we're skipping over it. So one woman at the end of it asked for feedback. And actually, she was she was really honest and she gave me really good feedback. She said, this day has been great. So I've learned so much about myself and I actually feel my confidence has really improved. But she said, I feel a bit stressed out that like you skipped over loads of stuff. And now I'm thinking there's still stuff to do and I'm, I don't know how to do it. Now, they didn't need to know everything. I could have left it out. But the reason I put it in was my imposter syndrome because I was like, the more I give them, the cat complained. The cat say it was rubbish because I've given so much stuff. But actually, the opposite happened. They didn't complain. They're still paying 50 odd quid and they got a nice lunch. Um, they didn't complain, but they felt overwhelmed. They felt like they couldn't, they couldn't implement the stuff because I've given too much information. They were like, at the end of it, like, oh my God, I've got a headache because I've given them so much stuff. On reflection, what would have been better? is to half the workbook, half the worksheets, and then half them again, and give them more time to really focus and implement on what I was teaching. Because in my head, I was like, oh, they'll just go home and they'll implement it when they're at home. Most people don't. People come to your program because they want to implement all of the stuff they learn there and then. They don't want to have to go and do it at home and do homework. They want to walk away and go, right, that's it, done which I didn't, I underestimated. I just thought people just want loads more information. People actually don't want information. They're, they're, they're bombarded with information. The world is littered with information. You go on Google, you do a search and you get like 30,000 page results. We don't need any inf more information. What we do need is transformation. And as coaches and consultants and, you know, providing this service, that's our job is to help them get results. Now, some of that is just creating space is creating space for them to think, for them to do the stuff, to implement what they've just heard, to relate it to their own life, to be able to compute what's going on in their head, to think about all their problems and how they're going to solve them. And for accountability of 
okay, actually getting this stuff done. People want results, but they need your support. They need that accountability. They need that motivation. They need you to believe in them while they don't believe in them. And I underestimated all of that. I just thought it was about giving them as much stuff as I possibly could. And that backfired massively. So now when I design all my programs, I normally get loads of post-its. I've got some big windows in my kitchen and I stick all the post-its, all the modules and all the things that they need to know on the windows. And it's normally um, like my windows are five meters long. They're normally covered in post-it notes. I'm like, right, that's a clear sign that we need to take some of the post-it notes off. So if I'm filling more than one pane of glass, I know that there is too much in that program. So I strip it all back and I go, is there an easier way to teach this? Is there a quicker way to teach this? Because if I can get people from A to B in as fewer steps as possible, they're going to be more interested in that than a 50-page workbook that's got 500 steps in. But if there's an easier way, find the easier way. I'm just looking at my notes now because I'm like, what else did I miss? What else did I want to talk about? Um, over-delivered. Of course I over-delivered because I had massive issues back then. Um, misfits out. Um, oh, I'll tell you what else I did. So when I, when I did my, um, this, actually, this is a good one. When I launched my first official program, again, it was about mindset and confidence and, and having confidence to be visible in your business and all that. And do you know what? It was a brilliant program. And actually, I still use that program now in Sales Made Simple. I still use elements of it. And um, I had quite a few people go through it. Maybe, maybe like 10 people went through my program. And I'd started selling it a bit. It was still massively cheap. I think at this stage, it was still like 300 quid or something. I mean, what they were getting was just unbelievable for 300 quid. And I'd be getting testimonials like, this is life-changing, you know, people's businesses were going through the roof. People were, were going from making no sales, having like record months, hiring new people because they couldn't keep up with all the work. Like it, it was, the results were phenomenal. But my imposter syndrome was like, ah, oh, they're just being nice. You know, the lady who's, who's done, me, done me a video testimonial saying how life-changing it is. That was her first thing that she opened with. This program has been life-changing. That voice in my head went, ah, she's just been really nice. She's just a really lovely woman. Um, she's just been nice. Like she was a lady whose business went through the roof and she hired somebody because she couldn't keep up with the work. She wasn't being nice. She was being truthful. I've got to watch this imposter syndrome because what it did was I convinced myself, this is way back when, but I convinced myself that my program was no good, even though everybody went and it got results. And I still get people now come back to me. There's one lady who I was connected on LinkedIn who went through it. And um, like when she joined, she, you know, she was, was, was not confident at all. You know, she just started a business. She was really nervous about growing a business. Now I see her um, on, on LinkedIn, she's doing presentations. She's standing up in front of massive crowds. Um, her business is booming. She's doing all these collaborations. Like, I'm proud is not even the word, but way back then I didn't, I didn't credit any of that success to me. You know, I mean, fair play to her. She was the person that's gone out and done the work, but she's used my techniques. She's used what I've told her. She's gone and she's run with it. So I've got to, you know, I've got to take credit for some of that, for getting her going, you know, it's a joint effort. Everything is a joint effort. 
But I've got to take credit for that. But I didn't because my imposter syndrome went, ah, you know, she could have done it without you. She would, she would have got there eventually. She might have done, but bloody hell, what a struggle it would have been. She got there way quicker. So what I did was I canned the course. I stopped selling it. Um, and I was like, oh, right, we'll, we'll have to create a new course. I'd spent hours on this bloody course, creating all these materials and workbooks and slides. It was epic. It was brilliant. When I look back, I'm like, I even astound myself how good it was. But that imposter syndrome went, yeah, it's not very good. So I canned it. I stopped selling it and I created a new program. Now, granted, all of that work and all that experience, now my program is, excuse my language, but it's shit up. It's it's amazing. And all of that experience and all of those experiences I went through actually have made my course even better. So it was a journey I needed to go through, but I didn't have to, I didn't have to burn my business down because of that voice in my head. You know, the reason I was having you know crappy launches was because I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe that I could create something so good. You know, I'd still got Thomas Driffield's voice in my head laughing at me and going, oh, loser, with your homework, your extra maths homework, you thicko. I'd still got that crap in my head and I needed to get that out of my head, which is why first few modules of Sales Made Simple are all about understanding why you've got that voice, where it comes from and how to manage it. We're never going to get rid of it, but we've got to learn to manage it. If we don't learn to manage it, it's always going to derail us. So, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I'm, going, I'm in the middle of a launch now. At the start of that launch, whose voice did I hear? Thomas Driffield's. Everyone else laughed at, you know, you still feel that, that leftover emotion, those leftover scars. You still feel them. They're not going anywhere. They're cemented in that computer in my mind. But now I don't go, all right, well, let's burn the business. Let's not sell that program anymore. Let's create a new program. I don't do all that anymore. I just go, well, okay, that's faulty wiring. You know, that's a, that's like a computer program. Thomas Driffield's voice in my, I wonder if he's still around, Thomas Driffield. I hope he don't watch these. Uh, actually, I hope he does. Um, his voice has been programmed into my computer and I can't get rid of it. Don't mean to say I have to listen to it. Don't mean to say I have to listen to that voice. Doesn't mean to say I have to buy into it and believe it. I just have to acknowledge it for what it is. Oh, there it is again, making me doubt myself. And then I go, right, let's look at all the people. Let's look at all the lives I've changed. Let's look at all the women who now are so confident that they are going out there and they know how to sell and they are selling, talking about their offers and they're making their own money. They're not asking their husbands for money anymore. They're not taking out the family pot. They've got their own money. They've got that amazing feeling that only comes from earning your own crust, spending it on themselves, spending it on their family, having nice things, having a booked out um, diary of coaching clients. That's what I've got to remember. Not Thomas Driffield's voice or the people laughing at me or, you know, feeling thick because that's, that's not true. The, the truth is I'm making a difference. And it's knowing that difference between the fact and fiction in your mind that's going to help you carry on and keep promoting your business. Because, you know, a successful launch is just about you told more people and more people listened and you inspired more people to sign up. That's it. It's not rocket science. Yes, there's, you know, technical things you need to do. And, you know, I mean, I'm not the best copywriter. You know, I'm sure a copywriter could come and, and revolutionize my emails and stuff. But ultimately, 
you know, it's just about getting in front of people, building that relationship, building that connection, making people buy into, articulating your programs to the right people in the right way and being visible enough. That's what's going to make people buy your stuff. But the moral of the story is you probably will have a launch that flops. You know, you might do a two-week push and promote your, your offer and no bugger buys. This is not a sign that you are rubbish or that you should stop selling what you're doing or there's not a need for what you're doing. It just means that we need to look at your sales process a bit more, get the fundamentals in place, look at your messaging and go out there and be more visible and build more connections and more relationships. So I just hope that's inspired you to keep going and, you know, normalize what failure is. Failure is not a bad word. Like failure just means you didn't do it the right way. All right, well, let's find the right way then. Like, let's just keep going and enjoy that journey. Enjoy that journey of learning and developing. Because I tell you what, all of this stuff that I've been through, going through, going to go through, it's all brilliant material for future podcasts, your future book, you know, your future interview with Oprah. You know, it's all good stuff. So like, keep a note of it because it's not bad stuff. It's a rite of passage and it's something that we all go through. I want to hear about your flops. Like, let's let's celebrate your flops. Like, what did you learn? What, in fact, other than find me on Instagram, this is Helen Walker. I want to know what your biggest flop is and the thing you learned from it because that's the most important thing. What do we learn? Um, and if you've got any tips for how to build that re- resilience and how to keep moving forward, I want to hear them because then I can share them with the rest of the world. That was a good one. I enjoyed that. Right, I'm going to go for a brew because I've spoke for way too long. Um, have a lovely day and I'll see you next week. Well, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Now remember, sales really is simple. It might not feel like it now, but I promise you it will. So go out there, show up, be visible and share your offers with your audience because people need your solutions. They need what you're selling. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode of Sales Made Simple. Have a great week and I'll catch you next time for another episode.